Hi listeners, before starting our story, I just wanted to address a sound quality issue. We recorded this episode on a spring day, very, very beautiful, too beautiful to miss out on. So we had several windows open to let the breeze and the sun in, but we also let in some street noise that you may hear at certain moments. Hopefully nothing that will disrupt your listening experience. So thank you for continuing to support West Stories. We love you and enjoy the story. I feel like so much of moving through childhood was just trying to not be called gay or just not be called anything that would separate me from the pack in one way or another. Because as a child, that's one of the scariest places to be. Welcome to West Stories, a podcast for the strange, the small, the silly, and the secret stories we tell ourselves, now told anonymously to you by the people who lived them and are living them still. I'm a Wesleyan student. I do science and sometimes writing and learning in school. We were in class and the professor came up with this writing prompt that was like, write about a crush. It's a writing class. And I was like, okay, let's write a little nonfiction thing about crushes. And then sort of when I was thinking about what I was gonna write for that week, I sort of had this realization that I've had before, but the realization was basically that I've never really had a crush. Yeah, I just really don't think I've ever had an actual crush where you're like sort of enamored with someone from afar, that kind of a thing. I've been in a relationship. I was in a relationship for like a year and a half. I was in a very loving, like significant relationship, I think for both of us. But it wasn't a crush because I knew that person and we were together for a while and those feelings developed over time. It wasn't a thing where I developed them sort of on my own and projected them onto the other person, which I think is what a crush is. So I was thinking about what I would write for this piece because I was like, oh shit, I don't have a crush and I've never really had a crush. I've been like, oh, I think this person's cute, whatever, I like that person. But like, I don't have a crush on that person. I'm just like, oh, you're cute. I like your personality, whatever. And I think there is a difference. How do we define what's normal? Who taught us to recognize it, to know it at a glance, to decide who fits in and who sticks out? In this episode, our storyteller describes the confusion of an unwanted crush and the questions that arise when following the social imperatives to be normal doesn't feel right at all. Welcome to West Stories episode four, Having a Crush is Normal. So yeah, I started writing this piece and I kept thinking about this weird time in like my childhood where someone had a crush on me. And it was this girl who I was friends with and we were all sort of friends with each other. You know me, this other girl, some boys in like fourth grade or whatever. You know, kids being kids, being friends or whatever. We were friends and I definitely liked her in the way that I was like, oh, I like your personality. I like was in fucking fourth grade, so I wasn't like, ooh, you're so hot. (laughs) But I was like, you're like, I don't know, like a cute, normal, like fourth grade girl. And we're friends and I like your personality and you like talking about some of the same stuff I do. We get along well, that's cool. We like, we're on the same level. And so we were just friends for a while. And then I don't know how or when, but people just started telling me that this person had a crush on me. You know what I mean? In both explicit and implicit ways. 
like her friend very explicitly told me and you know I don't know how it really happens but somehow like this crush news in school like spreads like wildfire because everyone it seems including like the adults are just so caught up on the reality showness of it and I feel like this crush was significant for me because it was just so overhyped by our peers by adults weirdly like teachers or parents like it just felt like a thing that was hyped like at one point my mom was like oh you know I was talking to so-and-so's mom the other day about you and you know who like that type of bullshit and I was just like I can't fucking deal with this I'm like eight um I feel like adults do this thing where they love watching kids and like projecting shit onto them and so that's that's sort of what was the impetus for writing my piece because I think my piece is like sort of a protest against the way in which adults and society at large is complicit in like telling children what's normal and what's not and what's expected of them and what's not when it's just super uncalled for and not necessary for them to have any involvement in the ostensible romantic lives of children whatever the fuck that might entail you know yeah and so this sort of continued but I was just like oh I'm in fourth grade I'm a little weird I don't feel like I fit in I don't have a crush I don't know how to even do that and now I'm in this position of having someone have a crush on me and so it was one of those things where everyone was like well this person has a crush on you do you have a crush on her and I was like I guess so like we're friends cool that's a crush I like your personality I like you I like hanging out with you. I don't know. It just felt like there was a lot of shitty pressure on that relationship. That just made it way less fun. And I have a couple distinct memories. Let me set the scene. So I'm in fourth grade, walking down the hall during class or something. Maybe I was going to the water fountain or the bathroom. And I see this this girl, the one who supposedly has this crush on me, walking in the other direction and she's wearing these pants that I've seen her wear a bunch of times. We're friends enough at this point, and it's a small enough school that I recognize certain pieces of clothing that people wear. And so I remember these pants, and they're very memorable because they were lime green with um, strawberries sparsely placed on the pants. And I was like, oh, those are cool pants, whatever. And so I was like, oh shit, here we are, the only two people in the hallway walking in the opposite directions. What do I fucking say to this person? who has a crush on me and now I'm supposed to have a crush on her. What do you say to them? And so I was just like, hey, how come you wear those pants so much? And it was immediately clear to me that that was the worst possible thing I ever could have said to her because it just looked like all the blood drained from her face. She turned ghost white, said, I'm pretty sure nothing to me and just turned around and like speed walked away. And I was like, oh shit, I really flubbed that fucking interaction. Maybe she doesn't have a crush on me anymore. That would have been a relief, but no such luck. Okay, so here's the most fucked up part of that story. She used to wear those pants a lot, which is why I commented. I was like, how, how come you wear them so much? And I literally never saw her wear them again. And I knew when she turned around, I knew I had just ruined those pants for her. And I never saw them again. And it made me sad because I realized that I had done that. I ruined those pants for her, which were probably her favorite pants because she wore them so much. And I probably ruined them for her. That was the first thing. I was like, oh, great. I really fucked that up. And so that sort of like was one of my first introductions to crushes. And I started to learn that I really didn't like them. It was a weird power dynamic because I felt like I was being put in this crush relationship that I didn't want to be in. 
and I was given this responsibility that I didn't want. And I ended up hurting the feelings of someone who I was friends with and and someone I liked so unintentionally. And that sucks for like a fourth grader. It feels like your whole world is sort of out of your control. And so another memory I had was at lunch. So one of my best friend's names was Sarah. And she was also best friends with this girl who had a crush on me. And so one day at lunch, Sarah and this girl who had a crush on me were sitting at a lunch table. And like no one else was in the lunch room at that time. So I went and sat next to Sarah. And I was like, oh, this is fine. Like you're supposed to sit with someone who has a crush on you or you have a crush on them. That's what cute fourth graders do. And so I go and sit with them and it's fine. We just like probably talk about stupid fourth grade shit for a few minutes. And then this gaggle of boys come over who I'm also sort of friends with. A few of my really close friends were in that group and they all sat at a table and gestured over to me to like come sit with them. And I was like, oh, but I'm, I'm already sitting here. I didn't want to be rude. And I also didn't want to repeat the strawberry pants incident and get up from the table with Sarah and this girl who has a crush on me and then come across as rude or hurt her feelings somehow by leaving lunch, sort of like in the middle of eating with them. And so we ate lunch together. The boys ate at their own table. I ate at this table. And then a bunch of girls ended up coming over to this table and sitting down and eating lunch with us. And by the end of lunch, one of my very good friends came over and sort of caught me in the hall and said something along the lines of, dude, why'd you sit with the girls at lunch? That shit's not cool. That's so fucking gay, dude. What are you thinking? That's gay sitting with girls. And I was like... I don't think you know what gay means. I remember him being really upset about this and really using like this phrase like, dude, that's so gay as as a way of conveying how upset he was. I don't know if I knew this at the time or if I found out later, but I definitely knew it at some point that he actually had a, a big crush on this girl. And I think he was maybe aware of the fact that she had a crush on me. So it was just this very weird love triangle situation. And so like at the end of the day, like, It probably felt really bad for him to have a crush on this girl. Not only to not have your best friend not sit with you at lunch, to sit with this girl, but then, I don't know, just to like see that going down must have felt pretty bad. And so he sort of lashed out. And so that was one of the first instances that I learned, okay, I need to not sit with girls at lunch. That will be perceived as gay. And that's definitely something I don't want to be perceived as. And so I kept learning these rules of things you're supposed to do around crushes, around your classmates, and just in general. And I think this was a big underlying point of the piece that I wrote for class was the rules that were, were constantly being, being taught implicitly. How to behave, who to hang around, how to move through school and through society as a kid who's sort of dealing with crush culture and like the very beginnings of issues with sexuality and things like that. One thing that people don't really like acknowledge a lot is the fact that kids especially have kind of really finely tuned gaydar and society really does an incredible job of conditioning us to like immediately be able to pick out when someone is different, when someone's not fitting in, when someone isn't quite moving at the same wavelength as everyone else. And so that's a thing that kids especially will notice immediately. They'll latch onto it and they'll point it out. So I feel like I every single day for me was an education in how to be perceived as normal and how to not how to not be noticed as 
abnormal. You know, like the whole Valentine's Day thing of like bringing candy. Everyone would bring candy to class on Valentine's Day. And then there's this weird pressure of handing out your little Valentine to everyone in the class. Because of course they make the rule, oh, you have to bring candy for everyone if you're going to bring something on Valentine's Day. So like everyone did. And we would hand out candy and there was this weird pressure of, well, what do I give to the person who I have a crush on or who has a crush on me? And like, I remember distinctly thinking a lot about that and a lot about having a lot of anxiety about how that interaction would go down. Cause it's like, would it be gay if I didn't give her a piece of candy? Would it be gay if I gave her too good of a piece? Because is that like sitting with, I don't know, it sort of became clear to me at, at a certain point that being too friendly with girls was a thing that was gay and you can't do that. Um, <laughs> so I was like, how do I fucking deal with this? How do I do this without hurting this girl's feelings and also just not standing out at all? I just wanted to be not noticed, be normal, float through school and just one day feel like I was moving in the same way that the pack was. And I felt like I just kept trying to follow these directions, you know, like I would sit with the right people at lunch and like pick the right piece of candy and try to like, say the right thing to people. And no matter how hard I tried, I felt like there would always be a time when someone would remind me, no, 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 like, that's not how you do this. You don't sit with girls at lunch. That's gay. You don't give your crush this piece of candy. You need to give them something equivalent to what you would give the rest of the class, but also not bad because you don't want to hurt their feelings, but also not too good because God forbid, if you are perceived as having a crush on someone, even though you're supposed to have a crush on someone, that would be bad. I also remember very distinctly like the narrative of what resembled sexual education in school. I would shudder to call it that. Mine wasn't even bad, to be honest. I think it was actually quite good. But even like what I would consider good sexual education still left a lot to be desired, for me at least. Because I feel like a lot of times adults would say things like, you guys are going to start feeling things. You boys are going to start being attracted to the girls and you, the girls will start liking boys. Even if you don't like each other now, you're going to like each other. Like that was very much the narrative. Trying to normalize it, but in, I mean, that's it. Trying to normalize it, period. They were trying to make people like this big conglomerate of children normal, quote unquote, in this regime of crushes and how are we supposed to be developing and moving through school and interacting with each other. And so this phrase that I just really distinctly remember someone saying, or many people saying, or maybe I just fucking made it up in my head, is having a crush is normal. And so that sort of became like a phrase that turned up a few times in, in the piece I wrote. It wasn't even that I had a crush on boys or I had a crush on someone I wasn't supposed to. I just didn't have a crush on anyone. And I felt abnormal for not having a crush on anyone. And I felt like if I didn't have a crush on someone, people would be like, dude, that's so fucking gay. I feel like so much of moving through childhood was just trying to not be called gay or just not be called anything that would separate me from the pack in one way or another. Because as a child, that's one of the scariest places to be. So I kept hearing having a crush is normal, but like at the end of the day, all I needed to hear, I think, was not having a crush is also normal. Being non-normative is normal. And so the way I heard it when I heard having a crush is normal is I was like, oh, if I don't have a crush, I'm not normal. And so that's why when people started giving me these hints or explicit statements that this girl has a crush on you, I was like, okay, I guess I... I guess I have a crush on her too? This is normal, question mark. 
I guess I should do the normal thing and engage in this crush culture, crush relationship type thing. The crush thing continued for a few years, whatever. And then at a certain point, this girl started dating a different boy. And that was cool. This was in like, okay, so they probably started dating when we were in like eighth grade or some something like that. So it wasn't real dating, but then we got to high school and it sort of developed into real dating. And they dated for a long ass time, like five fucking years or something, which was crazy. And then at a certain point he went to college, I guess, or whatever, they broke up. And this really weird thing happened where he like approached me and was basically like, oh, you should date this girl now. Now that we're broken up, I think she would appreciate your companionship or whatever. And I was like, what the fuck? What fucking fresh hell have I found myself in? I thought I was in the clear when I escaped those bake sale ass moms being like, oh, look at you two kids, like shit like that. I really thought I was in the clear. And so you can imagine my horror in high school when I was like, shit, we're fucking doing this again. And so this girl just started texting me at a certain point and it would always just be, or in calling me, and it will always be about how she was so heartbroken about this very significant relationship of hers ending and how she feels lonely and like all that shit. And I was like, yeah, we're still friends. I still care about you. We sort of stayed in touch over the years. And so I would just talk to her on the phone. We would text or whatever. We would hang out sometimes. And then at a certain point, we were like in her car and she brought ice cream. And so we just sort of sat in her car for a little bit in this like parking lot, sort of isolated from the rest of the school. And we ate ice cream and just like talked and laughed or whatever. And it was fun. And then we ended up making out and it was nice, but I was also just like, this isn't where I wanna be. This isn't what I wanna be doing. This doesn't feel normal for me but I was still very caught up in like how do I continue to pass as normal and so yeah we just sort of kept talking and like eventually the whole thing sort of fizzled out but I don't know for me it was just an unfortunate tainting of what I think was a really nice friendship with all these societal expectations that I felt like I never asked for and to be honest I was pissed about it in retrospect the more I thought about it the more I was like what the fuck? Why didn't I get to have a crush in a way that my peers did? Why couldn't that be a fun thing for me in the way that it was a fun thing for my peers? And why am I finding myself now in college still never having had a crush and I have to write about having a crush and I'm pissed about it because I never have had a crush. All my crush experiences, this one was really the only significant one have been bad. The bad thing for me about it was like, I was dealing with someone else's affection and there was this pressure put on me and I was sort of fine to go along with it because I was like, okay, this is normal, right? Am I being normal? Question mark, question mark. Please validate me. Please tell me I'm normal for doing this. Yeah, and I think it sort of ruined crushes for me to be honest because I wasn't really able to experience much other than just anxiety and awkwardness around it. It was always a thing that someone else was telling me to do. It was never a thing that I arrived upon by myself. It was always someone else sort of nudging me in that direction. Like I said, the thing that I think would have honestly profoundly changed my childhood is someone just saying, it's also normal to not do these things that the rest of your classmates are doing or to not feel the way that the rest of your classmates are feeling. 
for me, the moral of that story was just that there's all these rules and expectations and sets of behaviors that are pushed on children and are pushed on all of us from a very young age. We're constantly being fed this rule book. We're constantly being downloaded with the newest, most state-of-the-art gaydar and like any kind of radar to like sniff out who is not normal, who is not fitting in, who is in one way, shape, or form failing at being normal. And for me, I think it would have been helpful for the focus not to be around normalcy, but to be just around authenticity or choosing your own way of how you decide if you have a crush on someone or whatever. And so now that I'm in college, I just hear people talking like, oh, I saw my crush today. It just drives me so fucking crazy. This is such a fun thing for you, but for me, it's not a thing that I got to experience as fun. And now is a thing that I totally opt out of because it just doesn't seem fun to me. And then I see people I know and people I'm friends with developing these crushes, developing very real feelings on people who frankly wouldn't give a shit about them. And then being hurt if they're rejected or if that crush isn't consummated in some way. And I don't know, I just think it's such an unfortunate narrative that we teach children that this is how relationships are supposed to work. This is how love is supposed to work. This is what romance supposedly is, is having this unrequited affection for someone and hoping maybe they'll notice you, maybe they'll return those feelings somehow. And if not, you are supposed to just like be angry at them or hate them or reject them back somehow it's just very confusing to me and i really do think it is an indoctrination in the piece i wrote there were several places where i wrote in the imperative voice because i i sort of felt like all these voices were telling me things like you should have a crush having a crush is normal have a crush on this person interact in this way with your crush say you have a crush on this person i feel like as a kid so much of having a crush is just saying that you have a crush on someone and verbalizing it and telling it to your friends as this fun secret. And so I felt like there were all these voices from all these directions encouraging me to do that. And in my piece, I, I sort of alternated between those imperatives, those commands, and just this one word sentence, okay. Because I felt like we are not so much forced into these things as we are highly encouraged to comply and agree with them. Um, like I could have easily not complied and I could have easily just not participated in that whole thing, but it wouldn't have been that easy because I was aware of what the consequences were. And I was reminded of those consequences when I did fail to comply with the instructions I was being given. So there was this sort of forced agreement where it was like, you want to do this, right? And I was like, I guess so. It seems like I don't really have a choice, but you guys keep telling me I have a choice, but I'm just sort of being pushed into this state of constant agreement, constantly trying to make myself agreeable, constantly making myself malleable to the expectations of my peers and the people around me and the people telling me having a crush is normal. And so, yeah, I, I felt like I was just constantly nodding my head. Yes, okay, I agree, I agree, I will do this. As long as it'll make me fucking normal and not stand out from the pack. That was sort of where my head was at for a long time. And people are like, okay, well, why didn't you just say something? Why didn't you just be like, oh, I don't have feelings for girls in this way, or I, I don't know, I have a crush on someone else, or I don't have a crush on anyone, or... Basically, if someone were to say, well, why didn't you just respond by saying something else in that situation? I think what they're basically saying is, why didn't you come out as, as something different? 
as either not having a crush, come out as having a crush on someone unexpected, come out as not knowing even what a crush would feel like or look like. I think people listening to the story might have that impulse to just say, well, okay, why didn't you just come out? And it's like, because that's fucking embarrassing <laughs> is the answer to that. You know, no kid wants to admit that they're not doing the thing that they're supposed to do. All kids want to do is please the people around them and be agreeable and say okay and get that validation and get the gold star and get the pat on the back from your teacher, the parents, the PTA ass bitches, the fucking classmates. You want that approval. And when you don't get that approval, when you don't meet those expectations, it's horribly embarrassing. If you're called gay by your friends, that's horribly embarrassing. If you're noted as sort of not sticking with the status quo in any way, that's embarrassing. And I think even the way we deal with queerness as a society at large is something that I have a problem with in that way. And I know it's not realistic for me to be like, we should not assume what someone's gender is, what someone's sexuality is. We shouldn't make assumptions. We shouldn't make people have to come out. You know what I mean? We should just accept people for who they are. And if they want to tell us more about themselves, then they can. But I think the thing about coming out that I have a problem with that people don't seem to talk about a lot is, I don't know, maybe I'll get shit for this, but like coming out is public humiliation in a way. You are being told that the only way you can gain acceptance in our society, the only way you can gain access to a community where you'll find solidarity is to take part of your life that for everyone else gets to be private, you know? Everyone else gets to be private about their relationship with sexuality. People aren't so private about gender, but you can be private about it if you want. People can sort of present in slightly different ways within some very rigid guidelines, and people won't sort of really question it. But there's this whole sector of our life, sexuality, that for most people gets to be private. And when you're coming out, you're, you're sort of forced to make it public. With varying degrees of ceremony, you're forced to make this private aspect of your life public and available for scrutiny and observation and categorization. And that was sort of the problem I had with it is like, I didn't want to be embarrassed. I didn't want to have to make public this thing that was private. And so at the end of the day, we're, we're telling people that either they have to be normal, they have to do normal things, or they have to come out as not normal. You can't just be not normal. You have to come and tell everyone, hey everyone, I'm not normal, look at me, please observe how not normal I am, and treat me as not normal for the rest of my life, thank you. That's what we have to do to get access to community, to get access of any semblance of acceptance. And a lot of the times, it won't even get you a semblance of acceptance, it'll just get you ostracized. But that's sort of that devil's bargain that I think queer people are, are forced into. They're forced into this rock in a hard place. And I think many of them choose the lesser of two evils. Many of them would rather sort of go through this moment of public humiliation and then trust that everyone else will just move on with their lives because at the end of the day, no one really cares that much. They just want to ensure that you're being normal in some way. And so we're forced to make this, this bargain, basically in exchange for some level of autonomy, some level of decision-making over your non-normalcy, you need to first declare that you're not normal in order to gain access to those things. And so that's that was sort of the position of forced agreement that I felt like I was in, because I was definitely like, okay, I don't want to be publicly humiliated as 
not having a crush on this person, not being normal, not following crush culture expectations in some way. So let me just agree to this thing and I'll just go on and I'll be perceived as normal and that'll be fine because that's all I've wanted. I just want to be perceived as normal and I don't want attention drawn to aspects of my of myself that could be identified as not normal. And so then I wrote about this thing, which is like an anti-crush piece, I guess. I feel like I wasn't consciously thinking about the, these things though when I wrote. I think they're things that I've thought about in the past, but when I was writing it, all I was thinking about was just what it felt like to be a fourth grader and to be told you have to agree to these things and to just be perfectly willing to agree to them. I was like, sure, if it makes me normal, if it makes you guys just leave me alone and let me move through my life. Sure, I'll fucking say I have a crush on whoever. I'll sit next to whoever at lunch. I'll fucking give you the right piece of candy on Valentine's Day. Like, I don't care. I'll do those things. Because to me, the alternative was much worse as being identified as someone who failed to do those things. Because as a kid, you don't want to fail and you don't want to feel isolated from the people whose approval you seek. Maybe I'll do a little call to action. Okay, so if you're a parent, if you're a fucking teacher, if you're whatever, if you're an adult in any way overseeing children, just fucking let them live. <laughs> Don't tell them it's normal to do one thing or do another. I feel like so much of this puberty narrative that children are given is one day you're gonna go through puberty and then you're gonna like someone of the opposite sex and the end, <laughs> then you'll have sex and get married and die and whatever. I don't know, just the thing I would urge adults in these positions to do is to remind kids that it's also normal to not engage in these social imperatives. It's also normal to engage with these social imperatives in different ways. It's normal to not have a crush at all, never have a crush on anyone. It's normal to not even want that. It's normal to have a crush on someone sort of different. It's normal to just be really close friends with someone whose others might expect you to have a crush on, but you just really like hanging out with that person. So I just think we should focus more on telling kids that it's normal to be non-normative. And excuse my use of the word normal. People do not like using the word normal. It's very critiqued. If you use the word normal in an academic paper, your professor is almost 100% guaranteed to underline it and be like, why did you say this? What do you mean by that? You know, because it's such a fuzzy, hazy word, but I'm using that very pointedly. And at the end of the day, it's so comforting. Like when a friend comes to you and raises some concern and you give them advice and you go, oh, it's normal. That's totally normal. That's a very comforting thing to hear is to be told you're normal. So I'm all for Let's keep using, let's expand what we consider normal, or let's be okay with things being abnormal. Pick one or the other, either way, like, I just think at the end of the day, it's, it's very comforting to be called normal. I guess I still go through life not wanting to be pointed out as abnormal. So even if people know me as not normal, I'm just gonna keep using this because I kind of like it. Um, <laughs> even if people know me as not normal, I still wanna go through life not appearing <laughs> particularly abnormal in like an undesirable way. You know, I'm in a place now where certain differences are celebrated and that's cool, that's all well and good. But I don't know, I think a lot of 
queer people moving through society probably feel like even if they have gone through the whole process of announcing their abnormalities, they still maybe feel self-conscious about them to some degree or in certain circles, depending on where you are. Like I said, the whole crush thing is just ruined for me at this point. I just don't allow myself. I have this defense mechanism where I just don't have feelings for someone until I know that they have feelings for me. And even then I like waited out a little bit before actually letting myself have a feeling. You know, I feel like some people are sort of always on the lookout for a crush because it's like a fun thing. It's like a fun person you get to see. But I guess I don't do that, which in a way is sort of, I don't know. I guess maybe in a way, the fact that I opt out of crushing on people is a big fuck you to the whole system because I'm just like, okay, I don't want to deal with any of this bullshit anymore. I'm only going to develop romantic feelings for someone if I know they feel the same way about me. That's sort of the, the psychological acrobatics that I, that I perform in order to like just not participate. Is it abnormal to not have a crush still? I don't know. I guess that's the question. This episode of West Stories was recorded and edited by me, Claudia Schatz, with music by Julia Mitchell, and with production, technological, and moral support from the fearless podcasters Ali Pham, Cameron Costanzo, and Jeremy Mopsick. If you have a tale you'd like to tell on West Stories, please write to me at cschatz at wesleyan.edu. That's C-S-C-H-A-T-Z at wesleyan.edu. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll have more stories to share soon.